Good morning and welcome to Sunday Morning with the Love in Action. I am Ken Tuck. Thank you for joining me this morning. I hope your Sunday is off to a good start. Some of you may be leaving a church service. Some may be going to a church service. Some of you may be at work, whatever you're doing this morning. Thank you for joining me today on Sunday Morning with the Love in Action. I'm always excited to be in the Word of God and just so humbled and honored to be able to share His Word with you each and every week. I just want to thank our wonderful ministry partners, the Joy FM, for giving us this opportunity. I want to thank Weedman for sponsoring us so we can be on the air. It's just an awesome opportunity to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, to share His Word, to bring encouragement into believers' lives, and to present the gospel to those who do not know our Jesus. So, Thank you. Thank you, everyone who makes this possible. We're going to continue studying the 50 commands of Christ today. We're going to start out this morning with command number 45. But before we do, let's go to our Heavenly Father in prayer. Father God, we are so humbled by your awesomeness. Father, you are the Most High God. You are the one true God. And you lavish us with your love. And it's just incredible, beyond amazing, how much you love us. Thank you, Father, for loving us as only you can. Thank you, Father, for your Son, Jesus. You chose to send your one and only Son to die for us. Those of us, all of us living in disobedience to you, you chose to send your Son for us. And we thank you, Jesus, that you paid that price for our sins, for our disobedience and you arose from the grave on the third day to give all who believe eternal life. And I pray if anyone's listening this morning who have not given their lives to you, I pray today will be their day, that they call upon the name of Jesus, for all who call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ shall be saved. And Lord, I just pray this is their day of new beginnings, of new birth, of new life in you, Jesus. Father, I want to lift up each and every person to you today. God, you know every need that's out there, and there are many. But you are Lord of all, so you know all, you see all. And I just lift each one up to you, Lord. I ask you to bring healing where there needs to be healing. Lord, where there's hurts, please bring healing to those broken hearts. Father, I know this time of year, a lot of depression happens, even more so than what normally goes on. And Lord, I lift each one up who's depressed today, who's going through that time. Father, I pray they'll lean on you because God, you'll lift them up. You'll bring them out and let them realize how much you love them. Let them realize they're not alone because you're right there with them. So Father, we just thank you. We can come to you with anything and you hear us. And Lord, you move on our behalf and we give you praise for that. Father, as we open up your word today, we want to say thank you. Thank you for your word. Thank you for giving us your word, Father God. And we ask you, Holy Spirit, to teach us. Guide us into all your truths. And Father, may we be doers of your word. Put your word to work in our lives and not just hearers only. Father, we praise you, we love you, and we thank you. And it's in your holy name, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Okay, let's get going. We are going to begin, as I mentioned earlier, on command number 45 out of the 50 commands of Christ. And if you're taking notes, and I encourage you to, if you're able, write down these commands and write down the key verses so you can go back and look at them afterward. And also, if you would like to go back and listen to more of these messages of the 50 Commands of Christ and other messages, you can find our podcast, the Love in Action podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbean, 
And pretty much anywhere you get your podcast, you can find the Love in Action podcast and go back and listen to our messages we post weekly to the podcast. Okay, command number 45, watch and pray. Our key verses here, Matthew chapter 26, verse 41, and Mark 14, verse 38. So let's start out with Matthew chapter 26, verse 41. Jesus says, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. Mark 14, verse 38. Watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. So Matthew and Mark recorded that verbatim, didn't they? Jesus is telling Peter, he's saying, watch and pray. Because this is when Jesus is about to be betrayed. And Jesus goes to the Garden of Gethsemane to pray and invites some of his disciples with them, including Peter. And if you know this story, think about it. What was one reason Jesus said to Peter, watch and pray? Why should he watch and pray? The command here to watch is different than what we read and taught about in command number 43, which was to watch for Jesus' return. Here it means to watch out for temptation, which can strike at any time, because we know temptation comes, seems like out of nowhere sometimes, doesn't it? See, we, we have a real enemy, and he knows what tempts us. So Satan is always at work to try to throw us off path, and Peter was facing the temptation And all of us face this very similar temptation. And that temptation is to be unfaithful in the face of threatening circumstances that was going to confront him. And that will confront us as well. So we can't just pick on Peter and say, Peter, this was was all you because it affects all of us. That specific temptation that Peter was going to face, of course, was denying Jesus. And we know that he did end up denying Christ But before we get into that, let's look at Psalms chapter 51. And this was written after the prophet Nathan confronted King David after he had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And David prayed for a pure heart. He prayed for a steadfast spirit and that he would not be cast away from God's presence. David was essentially asking God to give him a new heart and spirit that would be controlled and directed by God. Because when one's spirit is under God's control, it strives against human weakness. And in a sense, Jesus was telling Peter to pray for very much the same thing that David had asked for. Although, of course, he knew that Peter was about to face and give in to the temptation to disavow that he was a follower of the Messiah. Had Peter given his spirit to God's direction and control, the outcome would have been quite different, wouldn't it? And isn't that the same for us today? If we would give God control, outcomes in our life would be so much different. Now, we can go back and look and say, man, if I would have just given God control of that situation, which I'm sure Peter did many, many, many times. But we can't go back and change that. Now, we can ask God to forgive us for our mistakes, forgive us for our sins, for our disobedience. But from this point forward, there's something we can do, and that's to give God control and to watch and to pray. You know, we're to watch out for temptation and we're to pray. One prayer that I pray each morning when I wake up is, Father, give me strength to overcome every temptation that comes my way today because I know I'm going to be tempted in different ways and I want to pray ahead of that temptation and pray that God gives me strength 
to overcome. So giving him control of, of my spirit, giving him control of my life. And when we do that, we see him move in our lives and situations and circumstances turn out differently. But that phrase, the spirit is willing, that's actually a phrase with which the disciples of Jesus and Jews in that day would be familiar with. And why is that? Well, again, let's look at Psalms chapter 51, verses 10 through 12. David is praying, create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from your presence and take not your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and uphold me with a willing spirit. Of the more than 300 specific references to prayer in the Bible, one reoccurring theme is that God hears and answers prayers. And that's what David is praying for. And he's believing and knowing that God's going to hear his prayers and knowing that God is going to answer his prayers. And why would God answer his prayers? We're going to look at that. I want you to think for a moment about your own life. And have you had prayers that you've prayed and you've seen God answer them? See, what that does when we think about those things, and it's good to write them down as well, what that does is build our faith. Because we're going to go through different things at different points in our lives. Just because we're followers of Christ does not mean it's going to be you know, a cakewalk from here on out. No, not at all. Because we're going to face things like everybody else faces in this world. But what's different is that we're facing them with Jesus. And when we write down things that God has done in our lives, then we get to look back when we're going through something currently and say, you know what, God moved on my behalf there and he answered that prayer. So I know he hears me and I know he's moving in my life. It just builds your faith, builds your confidence in what God is going to do in your life. And I want to give you some scriptural examples of answered prayer. I'm just going to read, I'm not going to read these to you, but I'm going to give these verses to you, encourage you to write them down and go back and read them and let them build your faith. And these verses are Genesis chapter 24, verses 12 through 15, Psalms chapter 6, verse 9, Psalms chapter 17, verse 6, Psalms chapter 34, verse 17, Isaiah chapter 30, verse 19, Isaiah chapter 65, verse 24, Jeremiah 33, verse 3, Matthew chapter 21, verse 22, Mark chapter 11, verse 24, John chapter 14, verses 13 through 14, John chapter 15, verse 7, John chapter 16, verses 23 through 24, and Ephesians chapter 3, verse 12. So there's a bunch of scriptures right there. You can go back and read and see examples of answered prayer, in addition to writing down how God has answered prayers in your life. And if you hadn't, I would encourage you. It's a great thing to do is to write them down and it builds your faith. It's also great. You can share testimonies about it. What is needed in our prayers for us to be confident that God will hear and answer them? I'm going to mention five things that are needed to build our confidence in knowing that God will hear and answer our prayers. Number one, we must remember that it is in the authority of the name of Jesus that we can expect answers to our prayers. Let's read the Gospel of John chapter 14, verse 14, and then John chapter 15, verse 7. John 14, 14. If you ask me anything in my name, 
I will do it. John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Now, God is not a genie in a bottle where you rub the bottle and God pops out and says, whatever you wish, I'll give to you. That's not what the word is talking about here. Unfortunately, too many people look at God that way and prayer that way. But the key word in John chapter 15, verse 7 is abide. It says if, Jesus says, if you abide in me, my words abide in you. Now, that word abide, we don't hear it all that often these days, but it means to remain or to continue to stay. So you're continuing with someone, you're staying with someone, you are residing, abiding with someone. So if God's word is abiding in our heart, if we're staying in the word of Christ, we're continuing, we're living by his word, in his word, then our will is going to line up with the will of God, which means that our prayer requests are going to line up with what he wants in our lives. So as we pray those prayers, he's going to hear them and he's going to answer them. Again, the key is to abide in Jesus and let his words abide in us. That's why I encourage people all the time to read God's word, to study God's word, be in his word. That's so important. As a follower of Christ, we have to be in his word. We have to abide in his word. Let his word abide in us, in our hearts. So as we look at circumstances, we look at situations in our lives, we're going to see them how he sees them. And our prayers are going to be the kind of prayers that he wants us to be praying for and, and things that he wants us to be praying about. So, again, the key word there is abide. Now, number two, we must believe and have faith. Let's read James chapter 1, verses 5 through 8. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. I love James. I love reading the book of James. He is just right there in your face. He doesn't cut any corners or mince any words. He's saying, don't be double-minded. Believe and have faith. Number three, our prayers must be followed by anticipation and gratitude. Let's read from the Gospel of Mark, chapter 11, verse 24. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. So we see we have to pray with anticipation that God is going to hear your prayers, that God is going to move and give them thanks. Thank them. God, thank you for how you're going to move in this situation. He will often do things that we don't see coming. We think he's going to answer prayers one way, but he's doing it a totally different way. But rest assured, however he's answering those prayers, they're going to be answered the best way because he knows what's best for us and he wants what's best for us. Number four, we must pray with a pure heart. Let's read Psalms chapter 66, verse 18. If I had cherished iniquity in my heart, the Lord would not have listened to me. 
In James chapter 5, verse 16, Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person has great power as it is working. So again, let's pray with a pure heart. And number five, it must be the Lord's will for the prayer to be answered in the way you ask or expect. Let's read Matthew chapter 6, verse 10. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Luke chapter 22, verse 42. Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Now see, this is Jesus praying in both of these pieces of scripture we just read. In Matthew chapter 6, he was teaching his disciples how to pray. Father God, your kingdom come, your will be done. So we're not praying for our will to be done. We're praying for his will to be done. And then Luke 22, Jesus is praying before he is betrayed and is going to be beaten and crucified. He's praying, Lord, if, if you're willing, remove this cup from me. But nevertheless, not my will, but yours. So see, Jesus is showing us how we should be praying, praying for the Father's will to be accomplished, not ours. Early in his letters to the Colossians, the Apostle Paul, he has some excellent advice about praying to God to reveal his will. And for that, let's look at Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. So we need to pray to be filled with the knowledge of God and, and all spiritual wisdom and understanding as Paul wrote there. And pray that, that we're going to be bearing good fruit and increasing in our knowledge of God. When we pray these types of prayers, God moves on our behalf. God fills us with his knowledge, with his wisdom. And the more wisdom and knowledge of God that we have, just the better this life is here on earth. And we start seeking things that pertain to the kingdom of God instead of our own personal kingdom, if you will. And when we're doing that, life is so much more fulfilling and it's just totally makes for a different life and for a joyous life. Now, again, we go through things no matter how close to the Lord you are, but you know you have him with you so you can face anything when you know God is not only with you, but in you. So that's the command from Jesus, number 45, to watch and to pray. Number 46, keep my commandments. Our key verse here is John chapter 14, verse 15. Let's read that. Jesus says, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So how can we show Jesus that we love him? By keeping his commandments. Yet again, while we are studying and going over the 50 commands of Christ, because he tells us this is how we can show that we love him, that we keep his commandments. Let's read 1 John chapter 5, verses 1 through 5. Everyone who believes that Jesus is the Christ has been born of God. And everyone who loves the Father loves whoever has been born of him. By this we know that we love the children of God when we love God and obey his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome. 
For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? So what are the commands of Jesus that we should obey? Does God reward obedience? Let's talk about that. In Moses' second discourse to the Israelites who were about to cross the Jordan, going back into the Old Testament now, they were about to cross the Jordan into the Promised Land. What did Moses tell what happened if they continued in obedience to God's commands? Well, let's look at that. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verses 12 through 15. And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve him, the Lord your God, with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. Behold, to the Lord your God belong heaven and the heaven of heavens, the earth with all that is in it. Yet the Lord set his heart in love on your fathers and chose their offspring after them, you above all peoples, as you are this day. Job chapter 36 verse 11. If they listen and serve him, they complete their days in prosperity and their years in pleasantness. Let's read Isaiah chapter 48, verses 17 and 18. Thus says the Lord your Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord your God, who teaches you to profit, who leads you in the way you should go. Oh, that you had paid attention to my commandments. Then your peace would have been like a river, and your righteousness like the waves of the sea. Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. God blesses those people who want to obey him more than to eat or drink. They will be given what they want. So those questions at the, that I just asked before reading those scriptures is, what are the commands of Jesus that we should obey? Well, we should obey all of his commands. I think we get that pretty clearly as we read these scriptures. Does God reward obedience? Most definitely. We see that from Genesis through Revelation, how God blesses those who are obedient to his word. And God wants to bless his children. He wants his children to obey him so he can bless them. And he says they'll be given what they want. And again, as we talked about in Command 45, when we abide in him and he abides in us, then our will matches up with his will. And the things that we want are the things that he wants. And he answers those prayers. The next question is, is there a penalty for disobedience? Well, in the Old Testament, there were major penalties for disobedience. Now, in the New Testament, the penalties do not seem quite as harsh. But nevertheless, God has little patience with those who are disobedient. And for example, let's read Ephesians chapter 5, verse 6. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 10. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for what he has done in body, whether good or evil. When you hear you have to obey commands, what comes to mind? Maybe your parents or a teacher, or if you were in the military, uh, a military leader like a sergeant, someone who's in authority, who has rules to follow, and you must obey them. So many times our minds go to particular people or places in time when we hear about obeying commands. 
So think about the commands of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. How does obeying Jesus compare with other people you've had to obey through the course of your life? There's a big difference, or at least there should be a big difference, that in most cases you had to obey or were required to obey, whereas with Jesus we should want to obey him. You see the difference there? There's a requirement, like if you're in school, for example. You have to obey these commands, and so you do so because you're required to. Now, Jesus, he has these commands, and as we have read, they are not burdensome. And as one who has lived for Jesus since 1989, I can attest to that fact. His commands are not burdensome. They're actually wonderful and life-giving. And so his commands, I want to follow. You see the difference there. We need to follow Jesus' commands, but we should do so out of gratitude, out of thanks that he loves us so much that he died for us. He's done everything for us. And so when we follow him, we're doing so because we want to, because we have an attitude of gratitude for everything he's done for us. We are saved by grace through faith in the completed work of Jesus Christ's removal of the curse of the law by his death, burial, and resurrection, and his fulfillment of the law through his complete obedience. Also, you probably loved your parents, but not others that you had to obey. Some you have to obey, you may not necessarily love them, right? But you loved your parents, and we love Jesus. How much more should we love Jesus, that he's given us eternal life? So our motives for being obedient in different circumstances, different situations to different people, they're varied. But for Jesus, it's out of love, it's out of thanks, it's out of gratitude. Let's read some scripture about why we should obey our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Let's look at Genesis chapter 22, verses 15 through 18. And the angel of the Lord called to Abraham a second time from heaven and said, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of heaven and as the sand that is on the seashore. And your offspring shall possess the gate of his enemies. And in your offspring shall all the nations of the earth be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So you see tremendous benefits right there for obeying Jesus. And Abraham certainly obeyed our Heavenly Father and God blessed him as he said he would. Deuteronomy chapter 10 verse 12 and 13. And now Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul, and to keep the commandments and statutes of the Lord, which I am commanding you today for your good. So you see, therefore, our good. God doesn't haphazardly do something or say something. He always has a reason for it. And his following his commands, he sets them up for our good. Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14 And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God, being careful to do all his commandments that I command you today, the Lord your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you obey the voice of the Lord your God. Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the fruit of your womb, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your cattle the increase of your herds and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be 
your basket, and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. The Lord will cause your enemies who rise against you to be defeated before you. They shall come out against you one way and flee before you seven ways. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your barns and in all that you undertake. And he will bless you in the land that the Lord your God has given you. The Lord will establish you as a people holy to himself, as he has sworn to you. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and walk in his ways, and all the peoples of the earth shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord, and they shall be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you abound in prosperity, in the fruit of your womb, in the, in the fruit of your livestock, and in the fruit of your ground, within the land that the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. The Lord will open you to his good treasury, the heavens, to give the rain to your land in its season, and to bless all the work of your hands. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. And you shall go only up and not down. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you today, being careful to do them, and if you do not turn aside from any of the words that I command you today, to the right hand or to the left, to go after other gods to serve them. Wow, so many blessings there that God tells us if we obey his commands. Because it's so important that we follow the words of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So how can we desire to obey the Lord? Pray and ask God to help us to be obedient unto his word. And he will. He will help us to do that. We are out of time this morning. Thank you so much for joining me. May God bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. And may he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.